Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And this week we're checking out the new CW drama, In the Dark. So stay tuned to the end to find out why I'm in the dark on how much BJ loves me. It's so much he can't even quantify it. And so I'm just never going to verbalize it and you'll just always remain in the dark. So, BJ, can you give our listeners a brief synopsis of this pilot episode, share your general feedback and thoughts? Sure, I will start this discussion for our listeners. In the Dark is about Murphy. She's a young woman in her 20s, and she's blind. She lost her sight in her like early teens. And we kind of see her life on a bit of a downward spiral. She lives with her best friend, Jess, who is very caring and supportive of her because she's Murphy doesn't put much effort into taking care of herself. Jess brings Murphy a tray of hangover remedies almost every morning. Which says a lot. I can't fathom doing that for anyone. Bringing them a tray of something to enable them along with this destructive behavior. Also, Jess is probably the one buying that Pedialyte every time. Yes, every single time. And Pedialyte ain't cheap. So she's got that. She also has her parents who own a a school for guide dogs. And Murphy works there. She's getting paid. But all she really does is take naps. So you have them supporting her. Her dad is more supportive than her mom. You can kind of tell her mom's a little frustrated with Murphy's behavior. And then Murphy really only has two other places that she goes. This one bar, which is her go-to bar. And then this back alley where she hangs out with her friend Tyson. And Tyson is this teenager slash involved with drug dealing who saved her from a mugging event that occurred to her in the past. And so they kind of bonded. And the whole premise of the show is that her friend Tyson goes missing. Murphy believes that she found his body, which later disappeared before the cops could find it. And so now she's on a mission to figure out where is Tyson? Was he murdered? If so, who did it? And that's really where we see things going in the pilot. Overall, I think it is an interesting murder mystery. That part of the plot is interesting. Her wanting to find her friend because she doesn't have very many people she's close to. And you can really tell she does care about Tyson. So that was engaging. I will say the one thing that didn't draw me in is Murphy's own behavior in regards to taking care of herself. I get characters make bad decisions, oftentimes repeatedly, but something was a little off-putting about her, but not enough to actually push me away from the show. What did you think of Murphy and the whole plot? So these are my first impressions. Okay. I was a little bored by the show. Mm -hmm. I thought that, no, bored is the wrong word. There were just a couple moments where I literally groaned because it felt like (laughs) They were waxing poetic on what it is to be blind and navigating the world. But then it felt like blindness or not being able to see or having a disability was used as a punchline in a way that was odd, especially because the people executing it are all able-bodied. As far as we know, at least with their sight, they're all sighted people. And so it just was kind of annoying. And then Beyond that, because I've watched many a show with a problematic casting or premise, I just thought it was kind of boring to keep track of all of the different threads of a storyline. And I think the one that is most interesting is Tyson and his death, 
Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. I think the most interesting storyline is Tyson's murder and the whodunit surrounding that. But with that, I could have used way less of just the shots of Murphy at the bar and all the self-hating and all of the times she was near receptacles for urine because that was really gross. Just bathrooms in general. She's always touching stuff. (laughs) 80% fewer shots of those. And the thing with the married dude and the check, that stuff, I was just... I could have done without it. I don't think it was necessarily bad, but I just felt like I was being pulled in random directions when the central storyline is interesting enough and I didn't need the other stuff. Yeah, I agree. They could have cleaned up the storyline, focusing more on the relationship with Tyson and wanting to solve the murder. And I know it's more of a CW thing where you always want to bring in the romance element so murphy's personal life but i agree that the affair is maybe not the best way to kind of dive into what type of relationship she has listeners there's a part where basically this couple writes a check to donate to murphy's parents school for guide dogs and the husband ends up hitting on her and they end up getting together and i could have done without that because i just didn't care I didn't care about either person. They even followed up with him a little bit. And I thought that was weird. I didn't care how he was doing. Yeah, we didn't get enough about him to care about him. Murphy didn't seem to care about the whole relationship. She only cared when her parents were upset that the check bounced. I could have also used way more Tyson because I I think that it was clumsy that they wrote into the episode this scene at the very beginning where she's sitting with Tyson and he's jokingly telling her to take a chance on him a young 17-year-old handsome kid, and then he asks her to feel his face just so she knows how cute he is. Just in time. It's just in time for her to discover his body like 24 hours later because she feels the face of the body that she stumbles on in the alley and it is clearly Tyson's face. But I just thought that was so clumsily written in. They could have developed that relationship more so we understand why she knows who it is. Or and, and why she cares so much. And I hope we see this, but when I looked on IMDb, it said that Tyson's character is only in the pilot episode. But flashbacks, things yeah. that build his character a little bit. Because I care that he's dead because I care that a young person has died. But honestly, I think if Tyson were an adult like my age, it would be harder for me to care. Outside of the general sense of, I don't want people being murdered, you know? Yeah, I think his youth does affect your ability to kind of sympathize with the situation. Yes. And I would have liked at least a flashback of how Murphy and Tyson met because they talk about that story. Yes. And that would have been helpful to see how you go from saving someone from this like violent mugging situation to developing a friendship where you feel comfortable just wandering into a back alley where they're drug dealers. Yes. And you've built such a rapport that he opens your plan B for you. Yes, they are very close. (laughs) Because he helps her with the packaging. That's wild. That means you're tight. And I want to understand why beyond the quick story they gave on their background. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I agree that it's not true to Murphy's character for her to sit down and tell someone Tyson's in my relationship built through this and that. But flashbacks could do that just as well. It is a TV show. We're not actually waiting for her to crawl out the screen and talk to us like the girl from The Ring. Exactly. And I think based off the title, In the Dark, we're pretty in the dark about 
Tyson, which I think makes it harder to care about kind of the motivations behind his murder. Like, we know he is involved in drug dealing, but like, we don't know much more than that. And the storyline with the cousin is ridiculous. Yeah. You want to describe that? Tyson's cousin is the head of the gang, or at least seems high up, Darnell. And he convinces Murphy that Tyson isn't missing. He went off with some girl. And when Murphy comes back to him with somewhat definitive proof that Tyson hasn't just run off with someone, something tragic has actually happened. And his body is probably the one that she discovered in that alley. He reacts as though he cares, but still tells her not to go to the police. So I think he's behind it. But if that is going to be a twist later on, this is a lazy way to introduce it because he's so sketchy right now. I'm hoping the twist or the reveal isn't that he did it. And based off some plot summaries that I've read for this series, it seems like he is going to be more and more convinced that something did happen to Tyson and will be supportive of Murphy. Oh, good. He probably knows a lot, but that he's not the one who murdered or was involved in the murder of Tyson. Like Adnan, and I will debate anyone on that. He ain't do it, but he know a lot. You know, one thing about this show that I felt was underutilized? What? Pretzel, Murphy's guide dog. Yes. So even though Murphy's blind, her parents run a school for guide dogs, Murphy seems to prefer using her cane or relying on other people more often than Pretzel, which I don't know if that's typical for blind people to not use their dog too often, but it just seemed odd that she didn't seem that close to Pretzel, and I would figure she'd have a stronger relationship. This is what I gathered, and I think this ties into a larger conversation about her relationships with her best friend and her parents. Mm -hmm. I think Pretzel represents her blindness and how helpless she may feel as a blind person. And I think that she feels that way because her parents enabled her so strongly and her best friend has enabled her so strongly that no one has challenged her to rise to the occasion. She became blind at 14, so she had to make an adjustment. But it's been at least 10 years, if not more, mm-hmm. since she became blind. And in that time, she hasn't been challenged to adapt to that. And so I think Pretzel represents some of that of learning how to go about the world in a new way. And she doesn't want to do that. So she doesn't want to she doesn't want to acknowledge that. And so she doesn't bring Pretzel along for the ride. But I think as she goes into this mystery and she channels her energy into this new challenge and away from drinking and some of her other destructive habits, she'll start relying more on pretzel. And you see that a little bit pick up toward the end of the episode. Because Dean, the cop that she ends up bonding with, because his daughter on the show became blind at 12 years old, he is more sympathetic to her than his partner is when she reports Tyson missing and Mm -hmm. says that he's dead and they can't find his body. When she offers Dean advice for how to raise his daughter now that she's newly blind, she says to him, the one thing I wish my parents did that you need to do with your daughter is yell at her, still make her do her chores, make her do her homework, basically treat her like a normal child. And it sounds like no one did that for Murphy. We see that a lot, especially with her father who babies her, consoles her, does whatever he needs to make her happy, which this is like a problem that all parents can do with kids, disabled or not, is that you can over-parent them and be overprotective, 
So they grow up not learning how to care for themselves fully. We went to college with a lot of kids like that. And a lot of these kids are well aware that they don't know how to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. But you get to a certain point where it's like, if I know I can fall back on my parents or my roommate or my best friend, it becomes second nature to just live your life like that. Even if you're not happy, you're like, this is just how it is, which is a sad state for her to be in. Jess gets up every day and prepares a tray of Pedialyte and buttered toast and aspirin for Murphy to navigate her hangovers because Murphy goes out drinking every single night. That's wild. And then Murphy returns the favor when Jess's girlfriend comes over (laughs) and she was like, y'all can touch boobs or something. That's homophobic. And the girlfriend started to get mad and Jess was like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And so no one challenges her. So do you believe that trying to solve Tyson's murder will help her grow and become more self-sufficient? Like that journey will be good for her? Good for her? is a word a phrase okay but will it will she grow and mature yes that's what we're seeing on the show so one of the pivotal scenes toward the end as she starts to search for tyson and figure out what really happened jess walks into her room with the morning tray of buttered toast headache pills and pedialyte and she is surprised to see that murphy is already awake and on her laptop so i think whether or not this is good because she's trading one obsession with another, like excess drinking with looking into Tyson. But it is getting her out of her rut, at least. Okay, that's an interesting point. Because I also saw that new obsession as a negative. But maybe if trading one vice for a new vice gets her to also add on some good habits, it's like a net positive. Yeah, but she'll have to keep investigating people once this Tyson thing is resolved, if it's resolved. Or she'll have to eventually confront her demons and actually start healing from trauma. True. Which actually brings up an interesting element. When I first heard about this show, I thought she was like an amateur detective. So I thought it was going to be more serialized. And I didn't realize it's going to be like one murder. Well, seems like one murder for the whole season. Boy, it's time for us to pay some bills. Okay, let's get to it. What are you listening to this week? Actually, last year, I finally listened to We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irby. She is so funny and sharp and talks about living life as a Black woman who is also disabled and obsessed with reality television. And if you are looking past in the dark for some great depictions of living life with a disability that are authentic, look no further then we are never meeting in real life. You will not regret checking out this New York Times bestseller. And for our listeners, this episode is brought to you by Audible. Great suggestion. You can find that book or pretty much any other at audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. You'll get a free 30-day trial membership, be able to browse their incredible selection of audio programs, and pick a title to download free and start listening. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. Happy listening. And now back to our show. Here's another thought that I'm not into. Why don't we have more of Dean's daughter, who doesn't even have a name? I think you answered your own question. (laughs) She doesn't have a name, so. Her purpose was just to show why Dean is willing to work with Murphy more than the other cops. It's annoying that the only blind person playing a blind character on the show was used as a vessel to connect two people. And then they're like, thank you so much, Callie. That's the actress's name. 
You got your cameo. We'll catch you on the next go around. Tell everyone about the show. Thank you. Also, and we had this conversation with the village with that character who played an amputee and he isn't Mm -hmm. actually an amputee. Mm -hmm. Again, I think this is a case of if there were enough roles to go around, I don't think people would bump on the fact that the actress is someone who can see. Mm -hmm. Because if, if there were another CW show or another mainstream show that originally was supposed to star someone sighted, but a blind person was just the best one for the role and that's who they cast, then dope. It just mm-hmm. everyone, it's a free-for-all. Everyone gets a shot at every role. But that's not the case. So with this, I just don't get why they couldn't find a blind person because I read one review that I thought put it well. It'd be one thing if like Meryl Streep or someone signed on to the show. Then I get it. You know, mm-hmm. like a big name, someone that's going to get you viewers, someone with this undeniable talent. talent. Mm-hmm. But Perry Matfeld. She was good in the role, but wasn't so amazing that I was like, ugh, it couldn't have been anyone else. Mm -hmm. What was your impression? I agree. I think it's always a little uncomfortable to see abled actors act disabilities. And I understand there's some cases in particular, like if a character acquires a disability during a movie or show. Yes. You started with someone, keep them. In this case... It's uncomfortable, especially when she was talking to the act, the blind actress playing the yes. blind character about being blind, which I know they were reading a script, but that was... To share stories of, ugh, you pointed this out. They were sharing stories of, ugh, people do that all the time, huh? Say a chair is over there, but they don't think about the fact that you don't know what over there means. Yeah. Meanwhile, one of them is speaking from experience and tapped into something a little bit deeper, and one isn't. Yeah, so that was a little cringy. When you pointed that out, I felt extreme discomfort for the rest of that scene. I do feel that for better or worse, this is a, in particular with a CW type of situation, they cast based off of uh, the look they want for their cast rather than the abilities of the actors. Real. So while I don't know how realistic it would be for them to find a blind actress in this filming location for this show, but I don't think they were thinking about Murphy's characteristics, but rather who would look good as the face of this series. Fair. But it's hard for me to believe you can't find a hot blind woman. Right, right. Very, very difficult for me to believe. I just think that they didn't want to put in the time or didn't even think to put in the time. They have one blind writer on the show and they have a blind consulting producer. Mm-hmm. But I just can't fathom not putting in the time to like really look for your hot blind chick if that's your metric, which I agree. CW is very, here are all our hot people. It's kind of like The Office where Dwight is like, put the good beats at the front. Like <laughs> We're putting all our good beats at the front. The other beats can be supporting characters. Yeah. And that's it. And I, I do agree. They could have found that hot blind actress i do think they probably already have immediate connections to just cited hot actresses yes so that was easier for them like you said it was just easier to go down this route uh instead of putting in the effort for sure area where they did put in effort which was interesting is that this is the first cw series to carry descriptive video service with the audio so this is for people who can't see to be able to have an 
auditory description of what's happening in each scene so they can still follow along with the show. And apparently because CW is one of the minor networks, they've never been required by law to include this with their shows. But realistically, because of the theme of this show, this is why they chose to finally do it. But I hope that this is now going to be something that they do for all their series moving forward. It won't be. BJ, did they make a big announcement about this? Was it celebrated? Like, this is this cool thing we're doing for folks who aren't sighted, for people who are blind? Maybe. I just saw it in just, like, facts about the show. Okay, good. I mean, hopefully... Hopefully that's the case. I just think if they did something like release a press release on this, basically wanting a pat on the back, that would be wild. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I thought all shows had to have accessibility standards. I thought they all fell within a realm of accessibility. No, it seems like you have to be of a certain size or a certain viewership to have to do that. Wow. I didn't realize that. When we build our advocacy arm of the pilot podcast, we'll do accessibility for television because everyone should be able to enjoy TV. It is the greatest escape. All right, Beach, do you have any other thoughts? Are you ready to rate? Let's wrap this up. All right. What do you rate CW's In the Dark? I would rate In the Dark would not watch again. Ooh, okay. So I know I told you guys I'm interested in finding out about the Tyson murder mystery plot, but I don't think Murphy is the one I want to follow on that journey. And because of that reason, I'm out and I will not watch again. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) I was just listening to that song this morning. Sierra and Nicki Minaj did that. What's your rating for In the Dark? (laughs) I agree. I am interested in the story generally, but I'm not that interested in Murphy. But I do want to draw the line I love shows starring unlikable women. I'm all about that. I just am annoyed by the fact that she's been so coddled. I think I like a specific kind of unlikable woman. I like a Cersei Lannister. I like an Olivia Pope. I like an Annalise Keating season one and two. So I just think with this show, she just kind of annoys me. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know that I could watch more episodes. To be honest, what I would recommend to our listeners is I wouldn't waste your time. That's That sounds harsh. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend spending an hour or 40 minutes or whatever watching this pilot episode. Okay. But I personally plan to read a couple episode synopses of the next two episodes and mm-hmm. if they sound interesting, I'll jump back in. Oh, okay. And if not, I, like you, am out. And so I would recommend our listeners do the same. That's fair. See if what's next is enticing enough to get you to come back. Does Callie Walton come back? Do they do some flashbacks of Tyson? Do I get a better understanding of that relationship? Do they clean up the storylines a little? If the answer is no... Okay, then I'm not watching anymore. But if the answer is yes, what's another 45 minutes for me to sit down and watch it? I don't know. 45 minutes is a lot of time. You could take a nap. Oh. Cook a meal. Yeah, I love naps. Could do a load of laundry. At least yep. washing or drying. Mm-hmm. Man. I guess I'll say I would spend that 45 minutes while I fold my laundry, so at least I feel productive. No matter Ooh. what, I've done something on the other side of it. 
Well, if you want to find other shows you could watch while you fold your laundry, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send questions, feelings, thoughts, feedback, etc. Ooh, and more show suggestions. We've gotten a ton and we're making a spreadsheet of all of them. So thank you so much to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.